definitely human. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 52. It's summer and I'm on my way to see Steph from the Metal Detectorists. It's that time of year again. They've been combing through the fields all day and I'm going down to see what treasures they have found deep within the soil. We've actually got them coming again in December this year because the plan is to put the field out to maize. So next August the field's actually not going to be available for them to comb through. So we've got some other fields in mind for them to come and do which they've never done before. So yeah, very exciting times. Hi Steph, it's so nice to catch up Hello. with you again, yes, digging for dementia back. year two. Yay! Yay. <laughs> How's it gone? I'm catching up with you after the day, and I think you've had some exciting finds. It's been brilliant. I mean, as it as expected, there's been the usual sort of medieval hammered silver coins, been finds, been buttons and musket balls. But star of the day, there was a lovely, beautiful Saxon zoomorphic strap end that was found, and it was stunning. Gold plated, it's got gilding. The studs on it are silver. It's it's rare to find something quite special as that. So that will go into the museum. That will all get recorded, um, and hopefully it will end up on display in the museum that'd be lovely you were saying it sort of bridges the gap because you found stuff that was early roman and then up to that's right yeah. yeah so over, over the last we this is i think the fifth or the sixth time we've been back here we've had maybe 12 or 13 roman coins off here ranging from 1st century ad up to the 4th century and then there's been a huge gap between the 4th century and the 12th 13th century you know nothing in that time zone which is a bit odd and we've had virtually every other period from then up to today so it was uh, as i said to you this morning you know it would be really nice to find something to try and sort of slot in somewhere in the middle in that 800 year gap and now we've got something <laughs> um what date it is i don't really know it could be anything from maybe 800 AD up to about 1050 AD so there's still going to be that sort of 2 3 400 year gap known as the dark age we call it the dark age because there's so very few 
remains that you find. So it would be really nice to one day find something to fill that little gap. Would the museum be able to place, can they do tests and place the exact date or that's not mm, really possible? Dating anything is usually going, it's, it's comparison really. Okay. Because this land's ploughed, a lot of what we find is out of context. So it's not like you're going to dig a hole and, and you can sort of peel back the layers. It's all, all the layers, all probably the top 10 or 12 inches here is just like a big mixing bowl. Um, for example, if there's an archaeological excavation, they'll excavate and they peel back the layers. And as you go down further, the layers tell you what date everything from that layer is. Yeah. So what they will then do is, is look at an item and go, right, we compare that to that. That's come from a known layer. We know that's 850 AD. So we can safely say that this item here would be of a similar period. Mm-hmm. So that's that's usually how dating tends to go. Um, so you were also saying you showed me that you found some coin weights, which oh, I didn't yes, know absolutely. was a thing. Going back over time, obviously... I say obviously I shouldn't I've got to stop saying that it's not um, obvious to me so no <laughs> I don't know why it's human nature we always do it but a silver coin was worth its weight in silver a gold coin was worth its weight in gold a copper coin was worth its weight in copper so I don't know whether you've ever heard of clipping it's where unscrupulous people used to just take little tiny clips off a coin if, if you're a trader you want to know that the coin you're getting is worth what it's being paid for so they were coin weights so when you got a balanced scale they put this coin weight on one side and maybe weigh the coin on another side and if it was a bit light you're trying to pull one over on me you know um there's been quite a few found today i've seen eight nine of them our suspicions have always been that there was a trading site here so the, the, the presence of these coin weights is kind of em- is solidifying our suspicions a little bit, really. Yeah. They wouldn't be here unless there was trade going on. Yeah, because you said there was a lane, which you, we thought maybe people were just dropping things on their daily travels on this mm. lane to the market, maybe. But the idea that the market was actually here is sort of mind-blowing. Yeah, I can't get my head around it. Because <laughs> it's not as if they're flat fields either. No. So normally, if you can have a market, you'd find somewhere that's fairly flat. Mm. So we were wondering whether it was the fishermen that were mooring down, bringing their nets up to repair them and to, mm. to dry them out. And maybe a, a little bit of a trade centre grew up around that. I, I don't People know. coming to buy their fish yeah. whilst they were there. Or something. Could well have been. And then it might have expanded because Barnstable used to make their own pottery. You know, there was you find Barnstable pottery in Charleston over in America oh, when, really? the, when they went over, when they first over, went over there. Scraffito ware, I think they call it. Well, we found bits here in these fields, and it's which has been recorded by the FLO, the Fines Liaison Officer, so that's nice. Um, so whether or not it expanded and it wasn't just the catch, it was, you know, maybe a bit of pottery, things coming in, things going out. That's why history is so fascinating. It's the imagination, isn't it? Yeah. I've asked my mum, she doesn't remember. <laughs> but it's, it's that imagination, what went on here? Who were they? What were they doing? What was actually going on here? And it conjures up so many different images. I just love these fields. Yeah. I love this site. It's we so love amazing. having you here. It's so exciting to see what's been dug up and, you know, just thinking of what's underneath the surface and we're just going about farming it. People have been farming this land, same as you guys, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. There used to be cottages all up here. So, yeah, yeah who knows what's in amongst the rubble. You know, it's going to be everyday losses. You're not 
the chances of finding anything valuable, which is the first thing people ask us about, it's not about the value. It's not about monetary value. It's about historical value. You know, who were they? It's the social history. It's the buttons that they drop and, you know, the loose change or the bits of broken pottery. You know, they might have been cooking with it 24 hours earlier, put a crack in it. Oh, that's no good. So they throw it out the back. And then we come along. Oh, there's a bit of broken pot there. It's, It's just another chain in the history of it, isn't it? Well, we look forward to getting you back in December then. That's exciting. (laughs) I'm really excited already. Watch this space. Yeah, watch this space. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, it's very grey today. Hi, girls. So that was such an exciting catch-up with Steph. Um, I can't believe what they found, really helping close the gap between the two eras that they said were missing. So it's this strap end, which has since... Dear listeners, you won't believe it, but it's for the power of editing. I haven't just been talking to Steph just now, but um, a few weeks ago. And since I've been contacted by the Southwest Heritage Trust, who are currently reviewing the piece because it has been marked as treasure. What?! It's been lying for all those years under the soil and it's just been found. And I I think that's what Steph and the gang are just so excited about, the idea that you're the first one to touch it for all those years. And just I hope that the Southwest Heritage Trust will be able to tell us so much more about, you know, the history and what's attached to it and who it would have been worn by. Very excited to find out more. So I am in the garden We are full steam ahead with the pumpkin patch next year. I know I've sort of dribbled it here and there of what our plans to do with the pumpkin patch are, but now we are actually doing it and preparing the ground and getting it all ready. So as a little test this year, I thought I would grow a range of pumpkins in my veg garden. Now, unfortunately, the weather here has been an intense few months of heat with no rainfall basically and we are now in a drought i don't remember the last time we had a drought here it is always such a rainy part of the world maybe i remember being a kid and there was like a hose pipe ban like when you're a kid and you're like running around in the heat and you've got the hose pipe on and you're running through the water and then to be told no you're not allowed to do that i remember that as a kid it is really strange now we did have a big storm And we had a dumping of rain. You guys may have seen on social media, I posted a little bit. But that was it. And then after that, we've just had a tiny bit of drizzle, nothing to penetrate. The soil in the garden that I'm standing on right now is just bone dry. It's like dust. Even though the sky is grey and cloudy and moody, it just doesn't seem to be hitting us. We did have lots of thunder, which was very exciting. We don't really get that many storms here on the coast because it's such a cooler temperate. Temperate? Temperature? What's really disturbing is that we're going into what they call a false autumn. So all the leaves are falling off the trees due to stress. Basically, the trees are shutting down for winter early. Now, it's mid-August. Like, what is going on? We should have at least two more months before that happens. So I think we're going to be in for a really long winter. I always think it's a bit sad in the countryside where, you know, down here, all the leaves just completely fall and we're just left with all these sort of skeletal tree structures and it all looks a bit sad and um, lifeless over winter. So I'm not looking forward to having a longer period of that. I feel like two three months is already plenty the idea of having five months half a year in winter is is not it 
We were lucky with the barley and the wheat harvest that that was the perfect time to get it in before the drought had really like set in. But unfortunately, the ground that we've got for maize and potatoes is really not doing well. The maize has completely closed up. The leaves are sort of tight to the branch, I suppose, in order to conserve water and not to get too sort of hot. I don't really know. But yeah, they are not getting any water. They need a lot of water to produce the cobs. And the potatoes is particularly sad. The potato grower I saw posted this week a before shot of what the field looked like a year ago and what the field looks like today. And basically the potatoes have died. They said no amount of rain that we get now will make the potatoes grow. I mean, it's so expensive to grow potatoes. Somebody told me it's like £1,500 an acre. And, you know, they've got hundreds of acres. Uh, And so it's just, you've invested too much money to let the potatoes sort of rot in the ground. So they're going to pull them up, I think. And we'll see what they look like in the harvest. But I think it's going to be a very small yield for potatoes. But, you know, when I spoke to him, he was very... He wasn't too put out by it. He said, well, everybody's going to have a bad harvest, aren't they? So it won't just be us. So, you know, I guess there's some solace there that it's every potato grower in the UK, basically, is going to have that issue. In this country, we're so used to having so much rain that we're not used to having the massive irrigation systems that you have in like the US, where it's just pouring water on crops all the time. And I guess that's just adding more expense again when you haven't costed that in to get like a tractor and water bowser on the back. And you just couldn't do it. It would be too nuts. So... Oh, anyway, here I am waffling about the state of the world in my garden. What I wanted to talk to you guys about was pumpkins. So we're doing this pumpkin patch. Unfortunately, this has not been the best time of year to test for pumpkins because I'm in the garden and I basically don't have any pumpkins. They are looking better now. We've had a little bit of rain, so maybe they'll catch up. I planted them in May, which is when I was told you're supposed to plant them to get pumpkins in the winter. Oh, Oh my god, I've got one pumpkin. Oh, it's like the size of the palm of my hand. Okay, I've got one very small pumpkin coming. Well, that's exciting. I don't know what kind of pumpkin it is. I planted a mixture of like the Crown Prince blue pumpkins, which I absolutely love and they taste delicious as well. And the big orange pumpkins um, that you obviously get to carve out for Halloween. Oh, so... The test continues in my garden, but we are full steam ahead in making the pumpkin patch happen on the farm. So I'm going to go and see mum and we're going to go off and see the site where the pumpkin patch is to be. I see you found your strawberries. Yeah. Mum's making strawberry jam. Cut them up and put them in the freezer yesterday, and now I'm just defrosting some to make some jam because I've just sold my last pot. Oh, have you? We've got a little honesty box happening, and yeah, mum's got her jams in, and they're doing very well. Mm. Right, so should we go and see this pumpkin field? So, let's park up here a minute. Here we are on the site of the future pumpkin patch. Oh God, I've got a seatbelt on my bum out. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, the field is called Dashelmere. What does that mean? Well, Dashel is a Devonshire word for a thistle. So it was a thistle. Th- 
It was a field of thistles. Yeah. Would that be when it was a grass field rather than... Oh, you're going back hundreds of years now. I don't know what they would have planted in the... I'm bearing in mind that in those days, the fields were very, very much smaller. And over the centuries, some of the hedges have been taken out. This is only a seven acre field, but most fields were usually about an acre because that's how much a man and a horse could plough in a day. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. And then as mechanisation came in, so they took out some of the hedges, which is why the fields are all odd shapes. There's no no shelter for the sheep or the cattle when the wind's blowing or the sun's scorching. We've not taken out any hedges on this farm in the last hundred years. So with that in mind, do you think we should call it Dashelmere Pumpkin Patch? Could do. We have a plan in motion. We spoke to the contractor yesterday and the plan is to spread liquid digestate and disc... What do you call it? Disc roll it? Disc rotivate it? Yes. It's like scuffling up the soil, isn't it? Yes. So we've been doing that already on our arable fields, but I wasn't sure how to proceed with the pumpkin patch. And he said, nope, you do it the same. And they have been coming with... All right, now the little biplanes have gone past, somebody on their Sunday jollies. Yeah, where were we? Yeah, where were we? So we're sat in the middle of the field. It's seven acres. We need to decide... How much of it's going to be car park? Because if our contractor's coming in to rotivate it, we want the Herrish stubble to remain so that the ground is hard and the wet winter next year, we don't end up with mud, sliding mud pits. I reckon we could do five acres of pumpkins and two acres of parking. Five acres of pumpkins, yeah. I'm worried that we're going to run out, but you're worried that we're going to have too many that we can sell. You've got to remember it's year one, so people won't know about us. That's why we got a hit with a real punch, because year one, if people come and they're amazed, then they'll keep coming year on year. If they come and it's a bit half-hearted. What if you don't sell them all? What are you going to do with all the pumpkins? Leave them to rot? Plough them in? Yeah. Can we do pumpkins year on year? Yes. They just rot into the ground. Free seeds for next year. Yeah, they're F1 hybrids though, so you won't get what you've started off with. I never understand that about seeds because I had that with my butternut squash last year. I used the seeds from a supermarket and then they were not very good. And I I, thought something else. Yeah. So as I was saying, (laughs) we spoke to the contractor yesterday and we are all go this week to spread it with digestate and rotivate it. Now, we usually buy fertiliser, but that has gone up from £300 a tonne to £1,000 a tonne. And so we thought, not only for that reason, but also for sort of sustainability and going back to a more natural method, try and digestate, which we've read is absolute rocket fuel for plants, isn't it? We're going to have Day of the Triffids up in here. <laughs> well, he says it'll be all right. I'm just a bit concerned that it'll just, you know, you, these rocket fuel plants, they put more effort into making leaves than they do into fruiting. Yes, we wait to be flabbergasted. Yes, we'll be be gasted by our flabbers, yes. (laughs) And I thought, you know, we're going to be saving money because the digestate is free and if they want to get rid of and empty their sort of lagoons, they even deliver it for free. But as I found out talking to one of the men, actually the amount it costs to inject it into the ground, it takes so much longer than it would do to spread a bit of fertiliser pellet around. So really you're talking about the same amount of money. Yeah, it just comes in man hours rather than product. But then that's still better for the environment. Yes, swings and roundabouts. Mm. And we're doing a maze maze. A maze, amazing maze. (laughs) A maze, amazing maze. There you go. That's it. (laughs) I thought that we could use a little bit of the field to do maize in, but 
we are actually doing maize planted fields next year. So why not actually make a maize in one of the fields? Steve, the chap that's planting the maize, his maize field, he's offered up to we draw the pattern of the maize that we want. He puts it into his computer and that's how it, um, the seeds will be spread. So To clarify, this is the computer yeah. on the tractor, not yes. him sat in his office no. on the computer. No. This is the tractor computer. Yes. And they can plant the seeds according to the pattern that you produce. So you can have funny faces or whatever you want. Which is great because I can't imagine how difficult it would be to come out here with, with your lawnmower and try and cut the pattern yourself. <laughs> Especially knowing what I'm like on the lawnmower. I mean, it's currently being serviced at the moment because I sheared the axle off. So, you know, <laughs> I am so excited. It's, it's difficult because I, I feel like I was talking about pumpkin patch with you in season one last year. But because the field had already been planted out to barley, we have needed to wait a whole year. We've just had the harvest now and pumpkins are planted in May. So we are now waiting another year, basically, until we plant the pumpkin patch. But at the moment, we are rotating it. We are putting in the digestate. We are getting the field ready. And we're going to start our marketing campaign for Dashelmere Pumpkin Patch and May's Amazing Maze. Woohoo! <laughs> Yes, another excellent flawless plan to modernise the farm courtesy of me, the invincible Charlie May. I look forward to absolutely nothing going wrong. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thanks, guys, and thank you for listening. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, boo 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 boo. Bye! <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.